At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. Silver Linings edition of the HHC Today. I know it's been a while since we've had one of those. Certainly major Silver Linings the last time we did back on March 21st. It was after the Clippers game. The Hornets not only had the bad news from the loss, but even worse news, they lost the services of LaMelo Ball due to that wrist fracture. This loss, more conventional. Hornets coming up short against the Phoenix Suns, 101-97 to in overtime. We'll talk about what went wrong for the team, also give our silver linings, and break down the latest episode of Real Access. If you ever wanted the behind-the-scenes look at how the TV crew operates during a pandemic, this is your episode. We'll talk about all these things with the manager of social media for the Charlotte Hornets and one of our favorites here on the Hornets Hivecast, Diana Biffle, back on the HHC. Diana, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? We're doing all right. A day game means an earlier recording time for the podcast, so we won't be up till 2 in the morning anymore. Always a positive. It's a fun job. Someone's got to do it, but there are sometimes some late nights involved. This one, an early game, and unfortunately, it didn't look like the Hornets offense was up early enough for this one. Team shot just 40% from the field, 30% from three. A couple of players in particular had really rough times of it scoring the basketball. What were your takeaways from this 101-97 loss to the Suns? I think we first just have to take a step back and say, hey, the Suns are second in the West, and they have one of the greatest floor generals of all time in Chris Paul, and we have two of our best offensive players injured. So going into this game, we were certainly at a disadvantage, and we fought incredibly hard the entire game through overtime. So overall, I'm very proud. Now, as you mentioned, there were some shortcomings on offense. PJ went scoreless today, but he also contributed with 12 boards, and he, right behind Terry, had almost as many or almost the most minutes of anybody on the team. And I think that that really shows the trust that JB has in PJ and the way that he can impact the game so many different ways down the stretch. No question about it. And I like what you pointed out there. I mean, the Suns are an elite team. I don't know that they're viewed in the same respect that the Lakers and Clippers are as a championship contender, but that, quite frankly, might be some L.A. and star bias and you know, not giving credit where it's due to the Suns and Jazz, who are the actual leaders in the Western Conference. I went into this one saying, if the Hornets won it, it might be time to start changing the narrative a little bit on this Charlotte team that it's not just a really nice season and in some circles surprising that they're performing this well, but if they can consistently compete with and beat a team like the Suns, it might be time to start talking about this team not just being satisfied with making the playoffs, but actually being prepared to put themselves in a position 
to try and win around and make some noise in the postseason. Absolutely. I, I went into it with a similar mentality. And honestly, I still have that mentality because of the way that we played and how we really showed up. I think that if we're healthy towards the end of the season, the sky's the limit. 101-97 was the loss in overtime. Time to hand out some silver linings. And Devontae Graham, uh, he had his season best effort, posting 30 points, seven made threes. And as much as clutch time is Terry time, clutch time was Tay time in yesterday's loss. Can the Hornets do it again? Graham to his left. Pulls up for three, and the tie. Yes, sir! Devontae Graham flexing for the fans. He has tied this game at 90. Unfortunately, that would be the last time the Hornets were even. Uh, Suns pulled away early in the overtime session and ended up winning it by that final of 101-97. But Devontae Graham, he has had such a roundabout 2020-2021 season between injury, between seeing a slump to start the season, LaMelo Ball take over the starting role, and now finds himself back in his primary position as the starting point guard. And in 39 minutes, put in 30 points. He had a really strong game. Absolutely. He's certainly found his rhythm lately. And I do think that part of that is a product of LaMelo not being on the floor. This team, along with Gordon, is very similar to the team that he played with last year, right? So this is his comfort zone. This is what he got used to last season. So I think that may be part of it. But also, maybe it's a confidence boost for him. He's been able to see that ball go through a hoop time and time again now. He's rising in the franchise rankings of of three points made. I think all of that coming together is really paying off for Devon. And, and he's he's been showing out lately. Certainly has been. He's having a great second half from beyond the arc. Also, free throw line, guy's been nails. He went five for five in yesterday's loss, and he's made 18 of his last 19 free throws. So very impressive. Does come in a loss, and I don't think we can gloss over some of the weaker shooting efforts. Certainly was a frustrating day for Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington. You mentioned P.J. earlier, 0 of 7 from the field. One of the rare times in his basketball life, I'm sure, that he has not scored a point in a game. And Gordon Hayward, 4 of 15 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3. He does end up with 15 points and 6 rebounds, but also a grind for him. There's just going to be days like that in the NBA. Everyone has them. Unfortunate for the team that they both happened simultaneously while missing Malik Monk. I think all of those things added up to make it just too much of a mountain to climb. But brighter days certainly hopefully ahead for Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington scoring the basketball. Hornets fall 101-97 in overtime. James Borrego, after the game, talked about his club making this thing interesting in a day where they didn't shoot it well, they didn't have their full complement of players. Here was JB's thoughts on how the team performed. doesn't matter who you know we step on the floor with. We're going to compete and we're going to fight. We've done that all season. This game didn't just happen by accident. We've been here all year. You know, there's, We've had a couple tough games you know this season but in general this has been who we are no matter who's who we're facing you know and we're not giving in we're not backing down you know we had guys missing again today we keep going we keep moving forward so to me it's about a mindset next man up resiliency toughness this group ain't going anywhere I can say that this group's not going anywhere 
I think that's for certain. Diana, oftentimes we look back at a game and say, well, you know, the team didn't perform well or they just didn't come up with the W, and we lose track of the fact that, hey, when the team lost three in a row to start that road trip, they were against Denver, the Lakers, and the Clippers, who all had more stars available to them then than they did in games afterwards against other teams. And this one against Phoenix. Phoenix, full strength, playing as good a basketball as anyone in the association right now. There is no shame losing that team by four in overtime, certainly not when you consider how much the Hornets were missing. No shame in it at all. I'm very proud of the team. You can tell that JB is very proud of the team. And there's a reason that resiliency is always a topic of conversation after the game because this team shows time and time again that they are never going to back down. You know, take it to the last few seconds of the game. They're never going to give up. They're going to keep battling and putting their all into it. And that's really all we can ask for from this young squad. In JB Bingo, resiliency is always the center square. Hornets fall 101-97 to the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk more about this loss. Also talk about the latest episode of Real Access, available now on Hornets.com as we roll along here on the Hornets Hivecast. Buzz City, it's time to return to the Hive. There are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game. Fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at Spectrum Center because the health and safety of the team, staff, and guests is the top priority at the Hive. Be there at Spectrum Center for a Sunday matinee April 11th when the Hornets host Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks at 1 p.m. Tickets on sale now at Hornets.com. I use the screen from P.J. He'll fire off a contested three. No, but the tip slam by Miles Bridges. Climbing the ladder again. Oh, my God. He was chin level with the rim that time. Sky Bridge is open. Miles Bridges ended up with 18 points and 12 rebounds and several ridiculous highlights. It's got to be nice to be your own personal trampoline. Miles Bridges' ups are unreal. Got manager of social media Diana Biffle from the Hornets here with us today on the Hornets Hivecast. And I said pregame I thought Miles was someone that was going to need a good game because when you don't have LaMelo Ball, that elevates Devontae Graham, obviously, the starting lineup. You don't have Malik Monk. You really don't have an explosive scoring option from the bench other than Miles Bridges. So Miles, I think, has caught a bad rap at times over the course of the season for not scoring as much, and people just discounting the fact that he's not shooting as much. It's hard to score if you don't get shots. But this was a game where the shots were there for him. He took them. He made a lot of them and had a lot of those big plays that stemmed the tide until the three-point shooting gave him a chance to get this game to overtime. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it that Miles stepped up tonight. You know, I've been watching Miles play for quite some time now, have posted countless Miles highlights, and I still almost jump out of my seat, but I can't because I have to be tweeting about it every time. I mean, the tomahawk dunk tonight, I mean, there were just so many moments where you just want to jump out of your seat and yell because he has bringing so much energy to the game on the court and to the fans. He was so much fun to watch tonight and really found a way to make an impact. I do believe that, you know, the, the Hornets inevitably lost this game because they just plain didn't shoot well enough to win it. But it wasn't without some controversy. I mean, the Suns, they didn't shoot well enough to win it either. They shot worse than the Hornets did. They were 35% from the field. They did end up attempting 11 more field goals on the game because the Hornets turned it over 20-plus times. That was also a major issue. But there was some controversy in the game. There was one play in particular, Miles Bridges coming down the floor. It was a fast break opportunity. He goes up for an alley. Chris Paul drifts into him and fouls him. 
and while still in midair, Miles caught the ball and laid it in. Now, the contact from CP seemed to be somewhat simultaneous to Miles getting the ball, so a lot of people, myself included, saw it in the moment as an and one. Miles, after the game, tweeted out, I don't want to fine or anything, I just want to know how this not an and one. And he posted the video. We'll see what the two-minute report says in the next 24 hours, but that was one where I think you're giving too much of a benefit to the defender. Miles didn't go up into the air for no reason, okay? He is being undercut to prevent him from making a shot. To me, that should be a shot attempt. But I also can see it, you know, if they're saying he fouled him before he had the ball, then you can't be shooting if you don't have the ball. Tonight, there were a few moments that got a little chippy out there. There were certainly, it felt more calls that went against us than for us. So, yeah, that two-minute report will be interesting to see. It's just part of the game, but it can be disappointing because it's hard not to think if one or two calls went the other direction, what the outcome would have been like. It is always uh, difficult. Hornets fall 101-97 in overtime. Miles Bridges, one of the highlight players, he talked after the game about playing with emotion. I feel like everybody needs that on their team. You know, Draymond does that for the Warriors. I I try to do that for our team, bring energy, bring emotion to the game. I mean, you know, Gordon, Terry, and Tate, and those guys, they hit a shot and have a straight face. Um, I hit a shot. I want to yell at the crowd and all that. But, yeah, I mean, everybody needs that on their team. So I'm going to try to continue to bring that to the And being such an athletic phenom, it kind of makes sense that, you know, the hops go through the roof. So does the energy level go through the roof. Different players have different motivations. Miles always seems to be an energy guy. And he's someone who, in particular, I think, is going to get better and better as fans come in more and more to the building and get louder and louder inside the hive. Absolutely. I think the fans feed off of Miles and Miles feeds off the fans. And I think the other players feed off of Miles and his energy. I mean, his bursts of athleticism are so dramatic and fun. It's hard not to have that spark something on the offense. And make no mistake about it, Miles is not just a spectacular athlete. This is a very, very skilled basketball player. I'm thinking back to the start of the season. Uh, Hornets had a couple of tough games early in the campaign. There was the one at home, the opener against Oklahoma City, where they were down and should have been out of it, and he brought them back almost on his own, going four for four from three. Again, you know, he is being asked to do different things this season, and I think sometimes the critics are unduly harsh just looking at the final point total and saying, well, why isn't this higher? Why isn't this the same thing as it was last year? And forgetting about the fact that he attempts, on average, four to five fewer shots per game this season than he did last season. Last season, he averaged 13 points per game on 11 and a half shots this year, nine and a half points per game on seven shots. So again, it's going to be very difficult to score the basketball if you don't shoot. And I don't hear much from people saying, well, we want Terry Rozier shooting less or we want Gordon Hayward shooting less. You know, Miles Bridges is the option. He is on the team for a reason. And all that said, on a night like yesterday, where there are a couple guys down, he is more than capable of filling in those roles. Absolutely. Miles' role has changed this season, but it's become a more versatile role, and he's really stepped up from defense, boxing people out, grabbing rebounds, but also he's become a pretty solid three-point shooter. Yes, he's dunking everything in his path, but he's also doing a whole lot more really on both ends of the floor. Best three-point shooting season of his career so far is here in this 2020-2021 season. So, Hornets take the loss. They fall on the campaign now to just one game above 500. Still in the top six spot. 
lot at the end of business. And again, I think we're constantly massaging expectations. I think overall the goal for this team is still just make the playoffs. And in that endeavor, Hornets still have roughly a five-game lead on what would be the first team out of even the play-in, which I think is kind of that dividing line. But if you want to look even higher and set the goal even higher, top six means you get out of that play-in tournament entirely and you go straight in to the eight-team bracket. That would be quite the accomplishment for the Hornets. All right, coming up next, a new episode of Real Access is out. Diana, have you seen it? Yeah, it's it's awesome. And we're going to talk about it when we come back, the return of Real Access and the return of fans to Spectrum Center. We'll talk about it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber and the Hornets manager of social media, Diana Biffle, here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. Diana, Real Access had its latest edition come out, talking about the return of fans to Spectrum Center. It's one of the big storylines of the second half of the season and really about our world in general as we slowly but surely make our way back towards normal. You've been in the building now with fans. I'm kind of, you know, in my own little zone most games. I certainly hear and feel the presence of the fans. It's undeniable. It's inescapable and it's such a great positive, but I don't interact with them in game the way that you might be have a chance to because you're out in the seating bowl. I'm in my little bubble doing the play-by-play. What has been the biggest I don't know, rediscovery or thing you don't think you noticed about having fans in the stands before that you feel now after having spent a year with them absent? The support of the fans, you know, as the manager of social media, we can sometimes see a lot of the negative on social media. Now, granted, we have a lot of really supportive, awesome, positive fans, but it's hard not to notice sometimes the people who can be down on the team. When you are sitting in an arena just filled with people who are die-hard Hornets fans who are screaming at the top of their lungs no matter how far we're down, no matter what's going on on the court. It's just such an amazing reminder of how awesome this fan base is and how much Buzz City loves the Hornets and how much we love them back. Just to see the smile on the players' faces when when the audience gets loud, it's, it's a really special feeling. So I think that would be the number one thing. I think secondly, all of the LaMelo Ball jerseys has been really out of control. You know, when I started this job, it was right after we got Terry Rozier, right after Kemba moved to the Celtics. So a lot of people were still wearing their Kemba Walker jerseys. Now it is LaMelo Ball, PJ Washington, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier. You're seeing such a great mix of support for our entire team, but especially LaMelo Ball jerseys, just really everywhere you look. Yeah, LaMelo certainly seems to be the crowd favorite. It was fun to see him at the game yesterday, first time he has been back in the building, and the coaches talked about that being a, a boost, just having his presence back with the squad. I like what you said, too, about the positive nature of fans. You know, social media, it can be a negative place. I think there's a lot of critics out there who, you know, they'll examine the team and say, well, LaMelo got hurt, so it's time to to sell everyone that's not under contract for the next three years because, you know, it's, it's time for a teardown because one piece of bad news came across. This team is so much more than just LaMelo. LaMelo is an accelerant on what was already built up, the fire that was already established by James Borrego and the coaching staff as well as Mitch Kupchak in the front office. I mean, he does things that take this team to a different level, but they play a fun style, entertaining style of basketball even when LaMelo's not there, and they're still a very young, high-flying, entertaining team 
if LaMelo is in or not. So this will be a fun run through the remainder, and it's fun to see the fans out there as well. It's something that hasn't been lost on the players either. Devontae Graham, after a season-high 30-point effort, talked about the impact the fans had on the game. Definitely. I feel like that energy, you know, the energy in the arena obviously helps with the emotion of the game. And uh, obviously, like you said, Miles was bringing a lot of energy when he came off the bench when they went on their run. And then, you know, just being competitive, competitive side. Devontae Graham weighing in on the fans. Now, you can certainly tell the difference, Diana, between fans and no fans from home and road games. Home games, it's buzzing now. We look forward to having fans back again when the team returns to the Hive April 11th. Go to Hornets.com for more ticket information. But on road games, it's still me sitting in an empty arena with the TV folks. And on this latest episode of Real Access, the other half of it was talking about and showing kind of behind the scenes how the TV crew operates when the team's on the road. Yeah, I think that was really interesting for people. You know, our broadcast team is so awesome uh, with Fox Sports South. We have such great appreciation for Del Curry, Eric Collins, Ashley Shamady. They all do such an amazing job. And it's a reminder that when we're on these road trips, they're not there with the team. They're calling these games off of monitors, bringing so much energy from a different environment than they're used to being in. And I think that that's really something that people may not even think about. They're just so used to hearing Eric Collins yelling hum diddly D because they think he's excited because he just got to see Miles Duncan in person, but he didn't. He saw it on the screen. Same with what you do, Sam. You know, when you're calling these games from the studio without being able to watch the game in front of you, it's so different. And I'm sure like so many people, your job has changed a lot over the last year. So kind of seeing that behind the scenes look is really, really cool. There's definitely something lost to not being there, but we all understand it's a pandemic and we're making the best of it and looking forward to the day when this is all behind all of us and uh, we can get back to normal life and normal broadcasting environments. But it, it was fun. I mean, I've worked a lot in television, so some of it you know, is, is kind of old hat for me, but I, it's still interesting to see how they do this because this is not old hat figuring out how to do a zoom interview with the coach every single game that's not the same and so eric talking about how the closest he gets to to jb nowadays is the zoom room versus normally he would have an in-person conversation each and every game they'd probably be at a lot of practices that's just different so we're all making adjustments and sacrifices but uh, this edition of real access really brings us into The hopefulness of the future, with fans finally being welcomed back to the Hive, even in a limited capacity, and also the reminder of what we're all still dealing with, and that is an ongoing pandemic that has forced us all to make adjustments to how we take in NBA basketball and bring it to all of you, the fans. I think it was a really insightful episode from a lot of different—I mean, it was jam-packed, a lot of different perspectives here. We get to see— like you said, the, the hope of fans being back and also uh, a homestand that we swept, which was amazing, just to see, hey, there's a sense of normalcy back and the players are feeling it and it's it's helping us win. That was amazing to see, you know, a road trip that was grueling and challenging for players, but also a, a certain kind of challenge for media, for broadcast all the way around. So I really enjoyed watching it. I think everyone else will. Um I think another thing that's really cool to see is just how people keep the morale high in an environment where we're being, you know, advised, rightfully so, to stay away from people, not to touch each other. You know, they they showed Ashley and Dell kind of fist bumping through shield that's between them on broadcast. That's such a bizarre thing you'd never think to see. 
And that's just another way to keep morale high. People are just getting creative. And, and this episode of Real Access definitely showed that. I mean, if you're a fan of, you know, dramas or series like Game of Thrones or one of my favorites, old one of the Americans, like one of those plot twists that come right at the end of the episode. And we're living this season in real life, so we know what it is. It's the LaMelo ball injury, but that comes right at the end of this episode. And I just felt like it's such an interesting snapshot in time because Real Access is, for the most part, about a week behind. You know, it's kind of reviewing things that happened a week ago. And it's just a reminder that when the injury happened, like I said, there were a lot of people who said, the season's over. You know, we're down in the dumps. The basketball gods don't like us. This is this is just terrible. Couldn't have been any worse. And the team responds with a three-game win streak. And so it's it's interesting to see, like, in that moment, you're instantly taken back to, oh, my gosh, how are the Hornets going to handle this? And then we now have the benefit of hindsight to know, hey, they handled it by rallying around one another. And so, you know, it, it's interesting to look at the season from different viewpoints. So at, at that moment in that episode, as it ends, you feel what you felt when you first heard that LaMelo Ball was injured and could be lost potentially for the rest of the season. And now we'll get to look forward to the next episode, which will, I'm sure will be all around uh, the JB bingo word of resiliency. Yes, I, I was just about to say that ending and then knowing what's happened since the end of Real Access just makes me so excited for episode seven because I don't think the team could have shown more resiliency, you know, epitomized that whole don't drop the sword mentality that this team has more than they have in the last few games. I've been incredibly impressed. And it's just a reminder that, yes, LaMelo is unbelievable. He's all we would have hoped for in a pick and more. But we also have a really solid team around him. And that's something that I think is great for all of us to remember because we can get caught up in the hype around this amazing new rookie. But how awesome is it that even if he goes down, we still have an incredible team with a lot of talent and skill that just keeps building and growing. And they will try and uh, get back on the winning track again tomorrow. Hornets will be in our nation's capital to take on the Washington Wizards. First of a six-game road trip, the longest one of the season, the longest one remaining. And then afterwards, it's all kind of downhill from there, Diane. A lot of home games, a lot of matchups with teams that are below the Hornets currently in the standings. Uh, We said it right from the start when this schedule was announced for the second half. March was survive. May is advance. They have survived March uh, and then some with some great performances, the win streak to start out of the second half. And then even with the 0-3 start to the road trip, taking those two in Texas, and the win over Miami was big. So a lot to look forward to. If you want to join us at Spectrum Center, your next opportunity is Sunday, April 11th, another Sunday matinee against the Atlanta Hawks. And for all your ticket information, go to Hornets.com. Diana, thanks for joining us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. We'll have another episode of the HHC tomorrow as we preview that game against the Wizards. Till then, for Diana, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on the Hornets Hivecast and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.